Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. As always, when we look behind the numbers, uh, great to have Jeff Cox back on the program with us today. And Jeff, as, uh, as you look at the report that's come out, uh, give us uh, give us first the numbers and let's get behind the numbers, what that is actually going to mean in the months ahead. Well, we saw um, higher than expected inflation numbers today on both the uh, headline number and the core uh, excluded energy, both uh, you know, somewhat higher than what we've been anticipating. The uh, headline number was up four tenths of a point. Uh, core, more uh, maybe more disturbingly, was up six tenths of a point, which is well above the estimate, um, and that translated into a six point six percent year over year increase, which was the biggest gain that we've seen since August of 1982. So, um, we, you know, we, we continue to see inflation numbers uh, kind of spread out. Um, it, it, it's not just about high energy prices or, or used car prices. It, it, it's really kind of coming more endemic to the economy. So um, it's um, it, it's just, you know, another sign that the Fed's going to have to keep being aggressive in terms of interest rate hikes. Um, the market <laughs> seems to be all over the place about it today. I'm um, sold off sharply when the numbers first came out and, and, and now up substantially. So um, tough, to, tough to figure it all out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the wild ride continues and uh, fasten your seat belts and buckle up your chin strap, I think, is uh, is the, the I think that's about right. Yeah, yeah, that's, the, yeah, that's about the size of it, honestly. <laughs> uh, well, so you you mentioned the the Fed uh, going to have to continue to to do that. What what do we expect to see? Will it just be one more between now and the end of the year? Will there be two? Will we be kind of in that point seven five range? What do you anticipate? Well, according to market pricing today, uh, the market had been looking for uh, seventy five seventy five base points three quarter point hike in November, and then a half point uh, follow up in December. Uh, pricing switched today, and now we're looking at um, another, which would be the fifth consecutive 75 basis point hike in December. Um, that would take the Fed funds rate up to a range of four and a half to four and three quarter percent. Um, markets now actually getting a little bit more aggressive in pricing in that uh, terminal rate that we talk about. You know, where's the where's where this all going to end up? And, and now there, there's some sentiment that uh, we could end up closer to 5% by the time everything is said and done. So, um, you know, bottom line is that, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear uh, Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester earlier this week saying that uh, we really haven't accomplished anything in the fight against inflation so far. That's, you know, 300 basis points of rate hikes and nothing's really happened. So we're, we're going to have to keep going. And this certainly does nothing to dissuade that. Um, I, I think that, you know, you'll certainly see 75 in November. And then, you know, unless something changes dramatically, you'll probably go another 75 in December. Wow. And then what does that do in terms, obviously, the market is uh, is going to be that continual roller coaster. What do you anticipate in, in terms of uh, just kind of household businesses? Uh, break that down for us just a little bit. What do we expect the reaction there to be? Is this going to be a hunker down? Uh, what, what does this do? Well, this continues to make you know, mean that everything is more expensive. It's going to continue to make everything more expensive. I mean, as the Fed raises rates, it makes the, you know, financing costs more expensive. Of course, they're hoping that the interest rate hikes will help slow down the growth of the economy and fix some of those mismatches in the, um, in, in, in the labor market. Um, but, uh, 
at, at some point, these these rate hikes are going to start eating into consumer spending. Um, you know, one of the things that we like to talk about is you know what, what are sort of the uh, off the uh, off the radar indicators. Tomorrow's uh, retail sales report is going to be quite interesting. Um, those numbers are not adjusted for inflation, so the a- estimate right now is going to be for a three tenths gain in our retail spending month over month. Um, if those numbers are softer than that, that's going to say that the consumer is uh, starting to really feel the bite of this. I mean, so far, consumer spending has held up actually quite well. Yeah. Um, the level of savings still there. And um, so that that's just it. I mean, that's the trigger point here. Um, you know, when does this all start to eat into consumer behavior? Yeah. You mentioned the, the labor market. Uh, how, how do you anticipate that playing out in terms of, of jobs? Again, it's continued to seem strong. Does that... Uh, at what point does that start to tail off? Well, look, I mean, we're we're slowing down in the pace of job growth, but I mean, it, it, it's still uh, in normal times. You know, two hundred sixty-three thousand growth in non-farm payrolls for September would would be considered really solid job growth for any era. So, um, I, I think that that the, the the consensus thinking around this is that sometime around the early part of next year, you'll start to see the labor market really slow down, and I think that you know the general expectation is that we'll start to see those job gains go between fifty and a hundred thousand. I mean, I've talked to people and then seen Wall Street economists say that there's really not going to be any change in the interest rate position of the Fed until we start to see negative job growth um, in non-firm payrolls. And, you know, when that day comes, if anybody's guess, but if, if the Fed's going to keep rates elevated until then, um, I would, you know, like you said before, you know, buckle in, strap up and, uh, and, and get ready for a long ride because uh, this, this looks like we're in, you know, a long-term uh ride as far as the uh you know the high interest rate regime goes yeah uh, as you look at the uh the small business the entrepreneurial business where where does this put them what does that do in terms of the economy as a whole well i mean this hurts business formation there's there's no doubt about it um again yeah when you're especially in, in particular small businesses start to uh to feel this, um, especially, um, you know, the people at the top of the chain, they don't get hurt as much by this because they have high cash positions and, um, you know, they can afford to finance their own businesses. But uh, businesses that, that, you know, live on, you know, kind of low financing rates and are able to kind of keep uh, keep cash flow going and that kind of thing, this, this, uh, this hits them. It's interesting. I was in Washington yesterday for the release of the minutes from the September Fed meeting, and one of the notations was that was in there, and they took up a little bit of space with this, talking about their concern over the impact on um, lower-income people and small mm-hmm. businesses, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, they're already seeing substitutions as far as uh, lower-income consumers go. They're starting to swap out. They're they're getting away from the discretionary purchases and sticking to the uh, you know mm-hmm. to, to the basics. So. Um, that that's an important trend to watch as well. Yeah, that's super important. I, I wanted to ask you a slight side note, but one I think you have a great perspective at as well is the uh, administration has talked about some of these rule changes in terms of the gig economy. Uh, how does that factor into to all of this? Well, yeah, you know, gig jobs have been a, a, a big part of the economy over the past. Uh, I don't know what it, what you would say, maybe at least past decade or so. Um, the administration now kind of wants to uh, classify, say, your, you know, your Uber drivers or your Lyft drivers. They want they want them to 
instead of being independent contractors, they want them to be classified as regular employees. Um, I guess the thinking from people who are in favor of this is saying that you are um, instituting greater you know, workplace controls for these people and it's supposed to be beneficial to them. Um, I think some of the workers are worried that um, it could mean you know, if they have to go salary type of jobs, yeah. that it, it will actually eat into their income and it will be a, a net negative for them. So um, I don't know, this seems like those that... <laughs> Maybe they didn't think this all the way through. It it, it just feels like um, you know that that this might not be uh, might not be at least what the gig workers want. Yeah, yeah. It feels it feels a little fire ready aim and uh, kind of going towards an economy <laughs> that I don't think exists anymore. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's. That's another problem. It, it just just feels like you know maybe it's uh, trying to fix something that's not broken. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, great insight as always, uh, Jeff Cox uh, with CNBC.com. He's the economics editor. Always helps us figure out the numbers. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for squeezing us in today. Always great talking to you. Have a great day. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we're marching towards that second congressional debate tomorrow. Representative Chris Stewart's his turn in the chair. Coming up next, around. <laughs> 